Welcome to this episode of the Slappy Happy Sloth and this week we're going to talk about 48 questions the McCanns refused to answer. Now this comes after the documentary aired this week on the 15th on Netflix and that aimed towards, spoiler alert, her being human trafficked. Now I don't believe that but we're not going to go into that, but we're going to talk about the 48 questions that McCann's refused to answer. Now, we haven't got any messages today, but if you would like to leave us a message on the uh, Anchor app and social media, you can do. Go to slappyhappysloth.com and you can just contact us via then. You can even leave an unlisted video on YouTube and we'll download the audio. So let's get straight into it after this little tiny little ad break. Weddings should be memorable, but not for the groom's lack of style. That's why our friends at The Black Tux design rental suits and tuxedos that you'll love wearing at your wedding. So if you end up getting featured on a list of 23 epic wedding fails for, say, your reception table catching fire, or your DJ playing Let's Get It On during the father-daughter dance, at least you know you'll look good for your close-up. But the best part about the Black Tux is that they have an easy online ordering process that brings your suit or tuxedo straight to you. Just pick a style at theblacktux.com and request a free home try-on so you can feel the fit and quality before you commit. And if online isn't your style, they have showrooms all over the country where you can find your fit and plan your look. Over 5,000 five-star reviews across Wedding Wire, The Knot, and their own website agree. You won't find another rental experience or designs like the ones you'll find at the Black Tux. Grooms, if you want your wedding to be remembered for the right reasons, visit theblacktux.com slash listen. That's theblacktux.com slash listen for $20 off your purchase. Walk, don't run, to theblacktux.com slash listen to find a look for you and your crew. Theblacktux.com. Formal wear for the moment. So we have the 48 questions here, and I do suggest it's going to be a bit of a long one. So I do suggest going to get a cup of coffee or tea or whatever you drink. And we'll get right into it. So the first question that they gave. On May 3rd, 2007, around 2200 hours, when you entered the apartment, what did you see? What did you do? Where did you look? And what did you touch? So that's kind of like a a double-edged sword there. Because sometimes people don't always remember everything they see. Um, Not defending them, but maybe they were shocked who knows if that's the case um but the, pretty much when you entered the apartment what did you see did it look normal did it not why didn't they answer this but we'll never know um question number two did you search inside the bedroom wardrobe now listen to this she replied that she wouldn't answer so that's kind of saying well, I'm not going to answer that question. And to me, that that raises more more problems because obviously it's a it's a vital question. What was in the wardrobe? What did you see? You know, um, number three. After being shown two photographs of her bedroom wardrobe, 
can you describe the contents? So what was in her um, her bedroom wardrobe? Now, why wouldn't you say about that? You'd say, well, there's clothes, there's shoes on the bottom, you know. Um, kind of a weird question not to answer. Uh, why, number four, why had the curtains behind the sofa in the front of the side window whose photo was shown to her been tampered with? So why was that tampered with the curtain? Now, I can't give my um, my opinion on this because mine does directly relate to the curtains um, as well around that area. Number five, how long did you search? Um, did you <laughs> how long did you your search of the apartment take after you detected your daughter Madeline's disappearance? So how long? She I don't know why they wouldn't answer that because you'd soon know. Oh, did it take you a couple of minutes? Did it take you a couple of seconds? Who knows? Number six. Why did you say from the start that Madeline had been abducted? Because at that point, I don't know. From for Mary, if she did go missing, um, then. I think it might have been an instant reaction, maybe. Not sure about that. Um, but each of their own. Number seven. Assuming Madeline had been abducted, why did you leave the twins home alone to go to the tapas and raise the alarm because the supposed abductor could still be in the apartment? Now that is one true line. Why would she leave the twins <clears throat> on their own while there could have been an abductor around the place? Why didn't you ask this number eight? Why didn't you ask the twins at the moment what had happened to their sister? Or why didn't you ask them later on? Because they were directly there the same room. So obviously they could have known something about it even at a young age they were able to talk um so they could have known something when you raised the alarm at the tapas what exactly did you say and what were your exact words now i'm sure when it comes to this you're not going to remember your exact words you said to somebody um i think that might be going a bit too far so maybe you could kind of surmise what you said rather than saying it complete, but there we are. Um, what happened, this is number 10, what happened after you raised the alarm in the tapas? So did people go and try and find her? You know, uh, <laughs> so she refused to answer that. 11, why did you go and warn, why did you go and warn your friends instead of shouting from the uh, the veranda? Yeah, well, that's true. But I don't know, if, if they're in a group, then maybe um, it was easier to not raise more suspicion. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, number 12, who contact the authorities? Now, I can't remember what they said. Um, I believe it was somebody um, at the ho the uh, complex, the, uh, what, what would you call it? The um, <laughs> reception, that's it. Oh, Mark, your brain's not working today. Um, 
Who took place in the search? So what people? Why couldn't they tell you what people took place in the search? Number 14. Did anyone outside of the group learn of Maddie's disappearance in those following minutes? So anybody outside their group, did they know about Maddie's disappearance? I think that a lot of people knew straight off, but I'm not sure I wasn't there. Um, I can only go by research. Number 15. Did any neighbour offer you help to basically to find her? I just surmised that, basically. Uh, why? These, this is the thing. Why wouldn't you answer a question like that? Why didn't a neighbour help you? Oh, my God. Um, what does we let her down mean? Like, she went into the tapas bar and go, oh, we let her down, we let her down, we let her down. What does that actually mean? Does it mean she's actually gone, gone awry and you know about it? Or, you know, have you let her down as a parent? I don't know, whatever. Did Jane tell you that night that she'd seen a man with a child? Now that's, yeah, because there's been loads of times where people have said about a man had been seen that night, so who knows. So question 18, how were the authorities contacted and which police force was alerted? Um, so why wouldn't you tell them? But I do know from some research there was a receptionist and they had to actually ring quite a few times before uh, police nearby got a call and they were dispatched. Um, during the search, this is number 19, during the searches with the police already there, where did you search for Maddie? How and in what way? So why wouldn't you tell them where you searched? Where did you go? Trace her steps? Where do you think she, she would have gone? Uh, number 20, why did the twins not wake up during that search? Yeah, so why why didn't they wake up and why were they put upstairs as well? So I don't know why that that would um, be a question they wouldn't answer. Who did you phone after the occurrence? Hmm. That is something, well, you can find out anyway. That If you go on the PJ files, you can see their phone records anyway. Um... Did you call Sky News? <laughs> now, why wouldn't you answer that? It's either yes, I did, or no, I didn't. Uh, did you know the danger of calling the media because it could influence the abductor? Now, that's another question they wouldn't answer. Did you ask for a priest? That's kind of like a, either a yes or a no. I don't know why they wouldn't answer that. By what means did you divulge Maddie's features by photographs or by any other means? That's like a, that's something they should have just said. You know, what did they give away to the media to try and help find your daughter? I mean, come on. Is it true that during the searches you remained seated on Maddie's bed without moving? Now, that would indicate maybe... You know, maybe she's in shock, but who knows. Uh, what was your behaviour that night? Why wouldn't you answer something like that? Oh, did you go to bed normally? What did you do? Uh, did you manage to sleep? Another one. Question 29. 
Before travelling to Portugal, did you make any comment about any bad feelings you may have going to that country? Um, I guess when people go on holiday, you don't really have a bad feeling because you're not expecting, because it is a holiday, you don't expect anything to happen. Question 30. What was Madeline's behaviour like? So, you know, normally uh, someone would answer, oh, no, she's good, but she wouldn't refuse to answer. Uh, Did Maddie suffer from any illness or take any medication? Um, Now, why wouldn't you answer that? That's that's, uh, a good one, because there was this whole thing about she had a sleep chart at home. And, uh, yeah. What was Maddie's, uh, relationship like with her brother and sister? Yeah, again, another question that she shouldn't really left unsaid. Um, what was Maddie's relationship like with her brothers and sisters, friends and schoolmates? That's another one. Was she good? Was she pleasant? Was she shy? You know, you never know. Uh, question 34. As for your professional life, in how many and which hospitals have you worked? So, I don't know why this would actually be relevant to the situation. I know their professional life, but where they've worked, I don't. I don't think that would have been re- relevant to uh, to all. What is your me- medical speciality? So, what did she uh, cater to in her medical field? Um. Have you done shift work in any emergency services or other services? Why wouldn't you answer that? Even though it doesn't seem actually um, really relevant. Did you work every day? Again, I don't know why that would be relevant to this case. Um, At a certain point, you stopped working. Why? Um, That could be relevant because of mental health, maybe. Um, struggling problems that's that's relevant uh, are the twins difficult to get to sleep are they restless and does that cause you to be uneasy now it was said back then in 2007 that they medicated the children to fall asleep which uh, which would be melatonin I think if that's the medication they used um, so that would be relevant uh, is it true that sometimes you despaired with your children's behavior and left you feeling uneasy so basically they're saying well were your children naughty sometimes um now that that's relevant because that could lead to her character uh 41 is it true that in england you even considered heading over maddie's custody to a handing over maddie's Maddie's custody to a relative. Sorry, I got my tongue tied. That that's kind of weird because that's basically pointing out maybe she was an unruly child. That they're kind of questioning. Um, was she unruly, like a misbehaved child, and they were going to give her custody to a relative? In England, did you medicate your children? What type of medication? So again. If it's the medication normally prescribed by doctors, it's normally melatonin, which um, helps people sleep. Question 43. In the case files, you were shown canine forensic testing films. 
Where can you see the marking due to detection of scent of human corpse and blood traces? Also human and only human. As well as all comments of the technician in charge of the team. After watching and after the marking of the scent of corpse in your bedroom, besides the wardrobe and behind the sofa, pushed up against the sofa wall, did you say you couldn't explain any more than you already had? So this kind of goes on my theory, um, but I cannot actually say, um, let's just say allegedly maybe in an accident, but uh, there we go. Uh, as as I'm going through this, guys, don't forget you can leave us a message on the Anchor app and uh, and on social media. Uh, when the sniffer dog also marked human blood behind the sofa, did you say you couldn't explain any more than you already had? So that's the same question, but um, reset. When the sniffer dog marked the scent of corpse coming from the vehicle you hide after the disappearance did you say you couldn't explain any more than you already had <laughs> see this is where um i start to really really question what happened to the little girl so when confronted with the results of maddie's dna by a british laboratory collected from the sofa and the boot of the vehicle did you say you could not explain any more than you already had? So, confirmed test that the blood was hers. Now, why was it there? Did you have any responsibilities or interve intervention in your daughter's disappearance? So basically, did they have anything to do with it? Um, now, I can't go into my own opinion. All we can say is allegedly... Um, I, I do believe that maybe she had an accident in that apartment, allegedly. I have to keep saying that because or else we get in a bit of trouble. Um, but I do believe that she had a fall, not on the parents' uh, you know, fault or anything. I do believe she um, was suffering with uh, separation anxiety with her with her parents. So at home, she would have a chart, a sleep chart that showed um, that if she slept at night, she would get a star and then she'd get a reward after doing so many consecutive nights. So therefore, she heard her father's voice from outside. She stood up on the windowsill and she slipped backwards. Therefore, the blood behind the sofa. Now, I don't know whether these... Uh, they would have moved her, I don't know. But uh, this is only my opinion, and it's only it, it's a conspiracy theory rather than anything else. Uh, so take of it what you will, but uh, please don't take it for 100% fact, because uh, we don't know at this point in time whether that is 100% true. But we do know there are several questions that the McCanns did not answer. And actually, a question, because I've been recording this in part, uh, a question my father said, he said, I've seen an article on the Huffington Post uh, about whether the McCanns are still together as a couple. Um, so that's another question entirely. But let me know on the anchor message board, uh, message box even. Uh, you can go on to slappyhappysloth.com 
to leave us any contact uh, stuff. Just contact me by there, even with a YouTube link, or if you download the Anchor.fm app. And we'll leave it there. So that is the end of today's podcast, but please let me know what you think on the Anchor app. Let me know on social media. My worms are coming out well today, but this is 48 questions unanswered by the McCanns or refused answered. So let me know what you think and why it will be featured in the next show, which will be next Monday. Remember, we only do a show every Monday now because it was getting a bit too... So... I will see you in the next podcast, which will be next week. You all take it easy. Much love. See you later.